So, this past Friday night, life went dark for the Wagners in our house, in our neighborhood, just the two of us. From about 8.30 p.m. to 2.30, we were without power and consequently light as well. We found out later an electrical pole had been knocked over due to a car sliding off the road uh, in the wintry weather uh, because of the conditioned conditions. seemed rather odd and frustrating. There wasn't that much snow. There was no freezing rain, and yet here we were sitting in darkness. Circumstances out of our control caused us to be in darkness. So we sat there, a little bit surprised, a little bit disoriented, wondering when I was going to be able to finish my show, fearful that any moment Linda was going to say, so what are you thinking? And we'd have to talk about feelings for the rest of the night. So (laughs) I was really in a total panic. So there we sat, a little bit surprised, a little disoriented. We scrambled to find candles, matches, flashlights, batteries, and after a few moments of evaluating our situation, we located all of that, and we settled in for the evening, reading by candlelight, reading by candlelight, candlelight and candlelight, and playing two high-stake rounds of Scrabble, which I actually won for the first time ever, and that is no... No small thing. Linda is a very formidable opponent, and since we have gotten the Scrabble board, this is the first time I have won. So, yay me, all right? (laughs) I feel a challenge coming on. So, one of the themes of Advent is that of paying attention. Paying attention to what's going on around you, within you, and how the divine presence intersects our lives. So, Yesterday morning, I took some time to reflect on this experience, and I realized that it had something to teach me about Advent, about the season, about this time of year, and maybe even my own life or our own lives. Advent is that season. It's that season where we become where the darkness, the days are shorter, and darkness descends earlier. Very likely, many of us, if you're like us, we we leave home when it's dark, and we get home when it's dark. And we can't control this. It's, it's the season we're in. It's winter time. It's a, it's a season of, of darkness and dormancy. We, we can't make it go any faster. Some of us want to, but we can't make it go any faster. We simply live into it while we find ways to welcome the light and other light that may exist. So as I reflected on our version of Friday Night Lights Out, I became aware, very acutely aware, of how life plunges us into darkness due to life's circumstances. And most of these circumstances are out of our control. Betrayal, rejection, death, loss of abilities, doctor's reports, transitions in life, relationships and marriages in a tough place, divorce, and even feeling as if we're at the mercy of decisions made by those in the seats of power. And like our experience on Friday evening, these moments, they come suddenly. And sometimes we maybe look back and we see how there were events and decisions that led up to these moments, but in that moment, it all seems sudden. And more so, it feels disorienting, it feels frustrating, and we find ourselves at a loss at what to do next. And it's really amazing, by the way. We've lived in this house almost 13 years now, give or take, It's amazing how in a moment of darkness, everything becomes disoriented. It's like, I don't know where anything exists anymore. I'm stubbing my toe. I can't find things. And where are the candles? And and, and what room am I in? Darkness really does disorient us. 
This is the backdrop of Isaiah 9. So at this point in Israel's histories, there's two kingdoms. There is the northern kingdom of the ten tribes of Israel, and there is the southern kingdom consisting of the two tribes of Judah. The northern kingdom is under threat from its neighbor, the Assyrians, and it won't be long before they're defeated by the Assyrians, and many Israelites are carried off into exile. And it's in this time of exile that they feel the weight of their despair. They feel the weight of their darkness, their disorientation, the fear that life is out of control. In exile, the invading army just comes in and basically says, we're taking you with us. We're ripping you from your home. We're ripping you up from your neighborhoods. We're ripping you up from your family. We're ripping you up from your job. We're going to take you away, and we're going to take you back to where we live, and you're going to live there. And everything you once thought was normal and familiar is all of a sudden gone. Darkness and disorientation. They wish their circumstances were different, but this is where they find themselves. The end of chapter 8 describes their disposition. Quote, the people will wander through the land discouraged and hungry. And in their hunger and their anger, they will curse the king and their God. And by the way, I don't want you to move too far past that. Scripture has a lot to say about lament. Has a lot to say about times in which life doesn't make sense. And we have to channel our anger somewhere and to someone. And there were times that God's people just shook their fist at the sky and said, why? Why? Why now? Why this? They may look up to the sky or stare at the ground, but they will see nothing but trouble and darkness, terrifying darkness into which they are being driven. This is the disposition and the feelings of those in exile. And it can also be the disposition and feelings of us when we're plunged into darkness, when we're discouraged, when we're frustrated at God, when we're looking up to the sky for answers, when we're, we're saying our prayers don't seem to go anywhere. I'm, I'm searching, God. I'm searching. I, I, I don't know where to go next. Or we stare at the ground in defeat and we see nothing but trouble and darkness, and it's this terrifying darkness in which you feel you're being driven. It's terrifying because you can't see where you're going, and you have no idea what the future holds. But there's good news. And the good news for Israel is that this may be their present circumstances, but it will not be their permanent condition. Isaiah prophesies this in the same chapter, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch-dark land, light has dawned. The following verses after that offer this sense of rejoicing that this darkness and imprisonment will soon be over, and at some point God's light will shine. At some point the darkness will be overcome. And then some of the most famous words of Isaiah heard, especially at this time of year, a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and authority will be on his shoulders, and he will be named a wonderful counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice and righteousness now and forever. That term child was often used to symbolize in the Old Testament a future time of prosperity and peace, a time of new life, new beginnings, new birth. 
God's people in Isaiah's day, they're being told this, that at some point there'll be a new kind of government ruling creation. There'll be a new reign and there'll be a new rule. And their titles will encompass every kind of office imaginable. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. At some point there will be a time in which God's rule and reign will be so manifest and real that there'll be endless peace. Shalom, wholeness, healing, and flourishing. At some point, all will be made right. And as it should be in the way God intended. In other words, this darkness will not last forever. It was centuries later that seekers and people yearning for life to be different, they located this description in Jesus. They looked back at the words of Isaiah and they looked at Jesus and they said, He is the dawning of God's light in our darkness. He is the great light that has come to show us the way. He is the one who shows us what wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace looks like. He is the one who has come to make things right in our world. To make it right in the way God intended, He is the light to our darkness. And at this time of year, He, Jesus, is the one that comes to you, that comes to I as the living Christ, as the living light. The exiles from Israel held out hope that their darkness would not last forever. And so do we. As we waited on this Friday night, I knew this darkness would not last forever. Sure, I was grumbling. Sure, I was frustrated. Sure, I was acting in some ways like a petulant, immature child. My words, not Linda's. I own it. Sure, I wish it could have been different. But two things I know would happen for sure. The dawn would come, and the sun would rise, and the folks repairing the pole would have it done by 7 a.m. At least that's what the update said. In many ways, I was simply able to lay down and stop fretting about it. And my fretting didn't come from being scared of the dark. My fretting just came from being inconvenienced. Sometimes... My darkness is real. Sometimes your darkness is real. Sometimes it goes down to the very, very depths of our soul. Sometimes I'm just being inconvenienced. And I have to discern between the two. And I have to make sense of which is just inconvenience and which is just real stuff. But in one way or another, the light would eventually shine. Eventually it would be repaired, and I simply had to wait and be ready. To that end, to this end, we know that our darkness will not last forever. God is at work in Christ through us to repair the world. We wait, yeah. We may grow impatient, of course, but we take heart and we keep the faith that the darkness does not last forever. And we take heart in full assurance that God is at work repairing the world. And to help us through the darkness, Linda and I lit candles to play Scrabble, to read, and just to find a way around the house. And these candles provided us enough light so we could get done what we needed to get done and help us find our way around the house. And I made this connection that God's great light comes to us in the person of Jesus and God's kingdom. And our lives shine as lights, light candles to illumine life. And to show the way, our willingness to partner with God, to repair this world, we act as lights that, if you will, highlight God's goodness, God's intent, God's grace, and God's mercy. I'm reminded, by, or I'm reminded of the poem by the late great African-American preacher Howard Thurman. He wrote a poem especially for Christmas entitled, I Will Light Candles This Christmas. And here's what he writes. Candles of joy, despite all the sadness. Candles of hope, where despair keeps watch. Candles of courage for fears ever-present. And candles for peace, 
for tempest-tossed days, candles of grace to ease heavy burdens, and candles of love to inspire all my living, and candles that burn all the year long. But most of all, friends, when you and I are plunged into darkness, those moments and experiences of disorientation, disillusionment, despair, and defeatedness, we are reminded by these words, by Isaiah's words, those walking in darkness, they will see a great light. We're promised the light of God's presence, the light of God's wisdom, the light of God's grace and mercy, the light of God's compassion, the light of God's promises and assurance that this dark place will not last forever and you will emerge with increased joy. So as you go into your week, as you go into Advent, I invite you to engage in a couple practices. First, this. Live by whatever light God gives you and whatever light you can find. Lynn and I rounded up all the candles we had, all the flashlights we had, and we used those simply to provide illumination. Live by the light you already have, what God has shown you, how God has encouraged you. And as you live by that light, God will provide more light in due time. The second thing I would encourage is this. Light whatever candles you can to help illuminate the present darkness. Maybe it's a candle of love, not just a physical candle of your life. A candle of love, a candle of joy, a candle of peace, a candle of reconciliation, a candle of civility, a candle of generosity, a candle of kindness, a candle of compassion, forgiveness, encouragement, and peace. Light whatever candle you can and simply use that to illuminate the darkness around us. We'll be amazed at how it shines. We'll be amazed at how it provides what is needed to help people find a way. And then the last thing I'll just add is this. Whatever candles you're lighting now through your life, don't give up. Whatever candles you're lighting now to bring light to whatever darkness exists, don't give up. It may feel dark now. It may feel disorienting now. But at some point, the light will shine in its fullness. And God's kingdom will be on earth as it is in heaven.